We are Plum Creek, and we're a place where you matter. Our mission here is centered around change lives, changing lives. We believe this happens through three relationships, intimacy with God, intentionality with family, and influence with others. We hope what you hear today will impact and challenge you to love God and the people around you in a whole new way. We'd encourage you to connect with us online at PlumCreekOnline.com or on social media to see how Plum Creek is impacting our community and what opportunities we have for you and your family to get connected. If you'd like to support the ministry we're doing here in Castle Rock, the two easiest ways are through the Give tab on our website or via your mobile device by texting your dollar amount to the number on the screen. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you'll enjoy this message. What holiday is this week? Christmas. Christmas. Um, Jesus' birth, which is Christmas. Uh, Christmas. Christmas. What do you guys love about Christmas? When baby Jesus was born. And I love the open presents. Because you get presents. <laughs> um, that you get to spend time with your family. Jesus was born. The presents. Because Jesus is special. When you guys wake up on Christmas morning, what face will you make? A happy face. What's the real meaning of Christmas? When, when Jesus. baby Jesus was born. And it's not about good and presents all, like, like getting new toys to play with old clothes and stuff. We, it's Jesus' birthday. And Mary and the I already know that, I knew that um, the whole entire time. the angel was tell um, Mary, Mary um, that she was gonna have a baby. And a, and she didn't she, even know. What kind of gift would you get for baby Jesus? Uh, a birthday Jesus cake. A holy gift. Uh, a baby crown. Um, probably a teddy bear. I would give him some baby toys to play with. Do you have a favorite Christmas song? Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer song. Do you want to sing a little bit? Thanks. Yeah, I, I know Joy to the World. <clears throat> jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Joy to the world, Lord has come. Oh, a phone to so right in the one house, so bad today. Ow, that's how far I can go. Bet the horse with bells, a holly, la 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 la. Were you guys naughty? You guys are nice this year? Yeah? I clean up dog poop without asking. Nice list. Because I help my sister on stuff. Because I'm nice to my sister sometimes. The nice list. Because I'm special. I did good choices. Nice list. Why? Because I've been so good and funny to my brother. 
have been nice to Haley, and I've been praising God with songs. But I think he's on the naughty list, or maybe nods. <laughs> Can we thank the kids for helping kind of help us get uh, <clears throat> focused in here tonight? Wow, that is so awesome. Now, kids, I need to hear you a little bit, because I love having you in here. Can I hear you say, when I count to three, Merry Christmas? Can I hear that? Are you ready? One, two, three. Okay, okay, that's pretty good. Parents, what do you think? Can they do that louder? Oh, kids, they think you can do it louder. All right, here we go. Let's show them, okay, kids? Let's show them. Ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Oh, yeah, that's way better, way better. We're so glad that each and every one of you are here. Thank you for coming in the midst of the crazy Christmas season to just pause for a second and kind of just get our focus where we know it needs to be on the true meaning of Christmas. Uh, one of the many books that I read this year was a historical book about Orville and Wilbur Wright. Now, kids, I don't know if you'll know who they are, but these two guys a long time ago were the first one. They invented the airplane and it actually flew for the first time. Isn't that cool? Well, in this book that I was reading, they talked about the telegram, and you're going to have to ask your parents what that is, because it's a little bit like a text message. They sent this message back to their dad to tell, them, uh, tell his dad what had happened. And so this is, the, this is the telegram that they sent to their dad, who actually was a pastor. They said this, success, four flights Thursday morning, all against 21-mile wind, Started from level with engine power alone, average speed through the air, 31 miles, inform press, home Christmas. That's what their message said to their dad. And so their dad quickly composed this little communication to the newspaper in their town because the Wright brothers had kind of become celebrities in their town because of all that they were trying to do. And so their dad delivered this note to the newspaper in town, and two days later they ran a story, and they missed everything and just communicated this, Wright Brothers Home for Christmas. Can you believe that? They missed perhaps one of the greatest historical events that anybody had known in the world for quite some time, that they had taken flight like a bird in the first airplane. They missed it. And they missed it right around Christmas. The reason I tell you that story is because if we're not careful, we can miss the true meaning of Christmas too, can't we? And we have to be careful because it's easy to miss the point. Um, this happens for a lot of us, and the greatest news that was ever shared is sometimes missed. Not only that, but it also seems like Christmas has been hijacked by our culture in so many ways and even emptied of its true meaning. There are so many distractions this time of year and you know what, if, if we're honest, sometimes familiarity can also add to this because we've heard the story so many times that we've almost become numb to the miracle. The miracle of our God, the creator of the universe, loving us so much that he would send his son to come to pay the price for us so that we could be forgiven and so that we could have a relationship with him. It's too easy to lose the reality of Jesus, the embodiment of God's extravagant love for us. I heard a story uh, not too long ago about a lady who right around this time of year uh, decided that she probably should take her son to church, and he had never been before, and it was right around 
the Christmas time. And so she decided that she was going to bring him to church. And so she brought him and checked him into a little Sunday school class. And for the first time in this young man's life, he heard the true story of Christmas. And he was so excited about what he had learned. When he got in the car after church, his mom said, well, sweetheart, what, what did you learn in Sunday school today? And he said, mom, it was incredible. Today I learned about the very first Christmas in Sunday school. There wasn't a Santa Claus back then. But there were these three skinny guys on camels that had to deliver all the toys. And Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer with his nose so bright wasn't there either. So they had to have this big spotlight from the sky to guide these three skinny guys all around. (laughs) It's easy for us to get all the kind of folklore mixed with the reality of Christmas. And sometimes, just because of the pace we're all running, uh, we can miss this if we're not careful. And so over the last several weeks at Plum Creek, we've been in our Christmas series that we called The Colors of Christmas. There are so many colors that are just so commonplace this time of year, and they each have some symbolic meaning. And when you think about uh, just some of the things that are communicated in the Bible, uh, we can learn a lot about even these colors. And so I want to keep our focus on the real meaning of Christmas today, and I'm going to give you just a little bit of a clue purposefully so that you will be reminded later uh, over the next couple of days of what we've talked about today. So I'm going to give you a clue uh, about the color that, um, that I want to talk about today in kids. When you figure it out, I want you to yell it out to me, okay? All right, let's see if we can figure it out. Listen to this. White Christmas, good, good. Give him a hand. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I went to, did you guys pick it up pretty quick? Of course, this is an iconic Christmas song. Let me give you a little Christmas trivia, though. Some of you know that uh, the, the, the man that originally recorded this song, who was it? Bing Crosby. Now, I got to tell you a little trivia, too, on top of that. This is a true story. I had a chance to play some golf in California a couple of years ago on a golf course where Bing Crosby used to live, and I shanked my shot bad. And it went rolling into Bing Crosby's backyard, which I didn't know at the time. And there, I had a caddy, and he was like, bro, you just hit the ball in Bing Crosby's backyard. I was like, I mean, if you're going to hit a bad shot, at least that's a pretty cool backyard to land in, right? So here's the story. In 1942, he wrote this song and, and recorded it, and it was so popular that it had to be re-recorded in 1947 because the masters of that song had become so worn that they were no longer functional. Not only that, but if you look at the Guinness Book of World Records, it will tell you that White Christmas by Bing Crosby is not only the best-selling Christmas song of all time. Listen, you can use this later, okay? Use this with family and friends later tomorrow. Uh, This song is also the best-selling single of all time selling over 50 million copies worldwide. The next closest, I'll let you look it up to see which one it is, is 33 million copies. So this song dominates in terms of the most popular song ever. And the reason that I wanted to play it is because my goal for you is that you would think a little bit differently about a white Christmas than what's communicated in that song, but it's likely you're gonna hear that song again. And my prayer, my hope, is that you'll think about what we talked about today. So 
All the way back in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, the prophet Isaiah wrote this, talking about what Jesus was going to do when he came to earth. And Isaiah said this, Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. And this is part of the incredible thing that we celebrate here during this Christmas season. Through Isaiah, uh, we learn that God had declared that there would be an opportunity for you and me to have a white Christmas. Kids, look at me for a second. I need you to understand what I'm talking about here. And maybe, maybe you've had a chance. Maybe you were playing on the playground with your friends, or maybe you were playing at the park with your friends or in gym class, or maybe the practice for one of the sports that you play, and something didn't go as you had planned. And maybe even it was you that made the mistake and the play didn't go right, or the game stopped for just a second, and somebody that was there said this. They said, let's just do it over. We get to do do-overs today. And you were like, oh, awesome. You like do-overs? I like do-overs. Guys, you like a mulligan? Yeah? We all like a mulligan, and that's kind of what a white Christmas is all about, that God provided for us, even though we were going to fall short of his perfect standard, the opportunity for a do-over, that we would be able to, because of what he did on the cross, have forgiveness that would change our lives and give us an opportunity to experience a white Christmas. This was great news all the way back on the first Christmas, and it's also good news for us, and we don't want to miss this. So here's my main thought that we've been sharing over the last couple of days. The dream of a white Christmas becomes a reality through Jesus. The dream of a white Christmas becomes a reality through Jesus. Things can often seem so crazy, and this time of year can feel like anything but peaceful, I heard a story, actually, about a mom who, on this very day, on Christmas Eve, was running just a little bit crazy. Anybody run crazy today? Is there anybody here that still has some shopping to do? Just kind of sneak your hand up real quick. Look up. Nobody would admit to that right now, right? <clears throat> but this mom was running a little crazy to finish a few things up before uh, Christmas Day, and she had to run by the grocery store, and she had to run to the mall and purchase just a couple of more things. And she was really cranking through her to-do list, making sure that she had everything covered. And she was in the mall, ran to a couple of stores, and got back out to the car, and her heart sunk because her son wasn't with her, like Mother of the Year Award, right? Now, of course, that would never happen to any of us, right? Uh, She ran back, retracing her steps, and when she got back into the mall, she found her son peering through this kind of display that was at one of the stores, And on the other side of the glass was a manger scene. And when he heard his mom kind of yelling his name as she came running down the mall hallway, um, he turned around and he said, Mommy, Mommy, look! It's baby Jesus in the hay! And she was in power mode, trying to get through all the things that she had to do. And she grabbed him by the arm. She kind of jerked him away and said, We don't have time for that! Can't you see that Mommy's trying to get ready for Christmas? right? Now, of course, we would never do that either, would we? I hope not. But the reality is the pace, the pace can make these kinds of things reality. And so often Christmas doesn't feel as peaceful as it should. But I want to share with you what Jesus said. And this is how we will know God's love in John chapter three, verse 16, that he gave his one and only son 
so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. And we look for answers to what this life is all about. We look for purpose of life in all kinds of different ways. Sometimes it's in our activities that we pursue. Sometimes it's in our job. Sometimes it's in our relationships. Man, sometimes it can even be our children. But the problem is that all these solutions are short-lived. And the reality is as well that oftentimes they're so short-lived that they can resemble a fresh snowfall that melts quickly. Someone once observed this. If our greatest need in life was pleasure, then God would have sent an entertainer. If our greatest need would have been money, then he would have sent a financial consultant. If our greatest need would have been for information, he would have sent an educator. But God, in his infinite wisdom, knew that our greatest need was for forgiveness. And so he sent a savior. My wife is especially fond of, of the snow. She's from Wisconsin, which pretty much explains it, right? Because once it snows there, it's going to stick around for a while, right? And I always tell her, I don't like snow so much because I get to shovel it, right? <clears throat> well, fortunately, we had uh, four kids, and they've uh, shoveled uh, for us quite a bit now, especially the boys. And uh, the other day, um, like, like two years ago, we, were, we got a, a snowblower, and my sons were like, Dad, why'd you wait so long? to get a snowblower. <laughs> I said, because you guys weren't in college yet, and I had you here to help me shovel, right? And uh, uh, the reality is that, that snow that we see when it, when it is a fresh coat over everything, it just seems to just kind of clarify everything, and it helps us to see things in a different kind of way. Um, and it's beautiful. There's no doubt that that fresh snow is absolutely beautiful. But today, we're looking at a white Christmas in a whole different kind of way, and my prayer is that the dream of a white Christmas will become a reality for you through Jesus as well. It can serve as a reminder of what we've looked at today in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. So how can we have this kind of white Christmas that we're talking about today and I want you to know that I really believe with all of my heart that when we fully understand this, and for those that have already understood it, when we stop to be grateful for everything that God has done, see, this is when we truly experience the beauty of Christmas in a new kind of fresh way that reignites our connection to the love that God has for us, and it changes the trajectory of our lives. And this Christmas, we can experience an amazing transformation of our hearts and even of our souls, and not because of anything that we do, but because of what our incredible God has done for us. Someone once said this, that, and this is the key at Christmas, unless we see the shadow of the cross falling on the manger, we're not seeing Christmas clearly. And the reason for that is that, yes, we celebrate a baby that was born, but it's so much more than that. We celebrate a baby that was born on mission. We celebrate Christmas because it ultimately really is about the cross, and Christmas really is about Jesus making a way for us to experience a true white Christmas. My prayer today is that each of us would be able to take a moment, and so thank you for being here today, to just take a deep breath. Can you do that? Take a deep breath. Ah, just let it out. It almost feels good, doesn't it? And just reflect for just a moment and remember 
everything that God has done for us. Okay, now, we have a tradition here at Plum Creek. If you are new, let me explain it. Kids, can we stand up? I, I see some of you have already activated your glow sticks, which is awesome. Will you get your glow stick out and will you stand up? <clears throat> you see, back in the day, uh, we started in a movie theater, and uh, we met in a movie theater for seven years before uh, the Lord opened up an opportunity for us to buy this building and remodel it. And uh, the theater management wouldn't let us have candles, so uh, we, we decided the closest we could get was glue stick, or uh, glue sticks, glow sticks. And a uh, good thing it wasn't a glue stick. <clears throat> and uh, so it's kind of become tradition. Plus, the kids kind of like them because they get to take them home. And uh, tonight, parents, grandparents, will you do me a favor? Let your kids keep these close to their bed. And before uh, they go to bed tonight, remind them once again of what this means. Because you see, in John chapter 8, Jesus said this, I am the light of the world. He said, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in the darkness. Man, none of us like to walk in the darkness. Because you will have the light that leads to life. And that's what we want to follow. And so today, each of us have one. And it's a great reminder because not only is he the light to the world, he's my light. He's your light. That's personal. So we each have one today. So kids, here's what we're going to do. Some of you, you know this. I'm going to count to three and we're going to practice once. And I want you to say this really loud like we did Merry Christmas earlier. I want you to say, he is the light of the world. Can we do that together? Let's practice it one time. I want to hear you loud now. One, two, three. Okay. We're going to practice that one more time. And parents now, uh, adults, I want you to help us out a little bit too. So let's say it with some oomph. Ready? One, two, three. He is the light of the world. Oh, way better. Now, this time we get to do it, and we're going to raise our glow sticks up in the air as a reminder that he is not only the light, but he is my light. Ready? One, two, three. He is the light of the world. Oh, that looks so good. So we're going to dim the lights now that we're professionals, and uh, we're going to make this thing happen here today. Ready? Last time, guys. Make sure you look around a little bit and uh, be reminded of how that light can spread if each of us fully live for him. Okay, ready? One, two, three. He is the light of the world. 